Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with your host, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network. The Best Ever You Show is here to help you live your life to the fullest. How? Real people, including celebrities, real advice, real places, products, and businesses, real life stories. With this radio show, printed magazine, websites, community, and more. And now, here is your host, Elizabeth. Hello, hello, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the Best Ever You Show. We not only appreciate you listening, but we also appreciate it when you share the show. I love that. I love uh, all of the tweets and the Facebook likes and all that good stuff because it really just helps share the love of our show and our guests and everybody who comes on here has this wonderful story to, to share with us and, and really their why and why they're doing what they do and what they want to say to us to reach us. And I, they help us be our best. And, and we've got a perfect guest today for this. Um, we have, oh gosh, she's so beautiful and so lovely to talk to us, talking to her before the show. We have April Kirkwood with us. So April, how are you today? Thank you so much for being with us. I am so happy to be here as well. I love blog talk and I love your website and all of the other wonderful guests. I uh, just started following you on Twitter myself and uh, I think you have a regular here with me uh, following what you do and all the other guests too. So thank you for having me. It is a real pleasure on this beautiful fall day and we send our thoughts and prayers out to everyone in South Florida and hope that everyone remains safe while we talk about these issues of love. Yes, and I I was talking to you before the show too. You're you're uh, I was afraid. I'm like I wonder if she's safe and if she's re- you know she's evacuated <laughs> or what because your Twitter said Palm Beach, Florida. I'm like oh no, um, are, you're fine, right? I am fine. We're supposed to be there tomorrow, but uh, it looks like I'm still in Ohio. I am a Midwest kind of farm girl. You'll read about that in the book. Actually, very poor, uh, raised on a a chicken farm. And um, so I always have to remain grounded and come back to my roots, which is that good old sweet green grass in Ohio. And once in a while in the morning, I'll hear a rooster crow and I'll be like, yes. This was good. This, this, in spite of all of the chaos, it was a good life. It was a good life. Yeah, I'm from the Midwest too. I was raised in um, Iowa, in the Quad Cities. Okay. And uh, my whole family lives in the in Lakeville, Minnesota. And I hear you on the rooster thing. A lot of people don't know that you know Maine has a lot of chickens and roosters. And all, I hear them every morning. They're all over. Bunnies. I was running across my yard, and the neighbor guy came out and said, what are you doing? And I'm in my pajamas, and I'm running. I said, well, I have some extra lettuce from my salad. I'm going to leave them for the rabbits. And he said, you are a crazy girl. And I said, (laughs) I know. I guess I am. He goes, I would never do that for any rabbit. Well, and I just giggled and made bunny ears and hopped away. (laughs) You never know who's going to see you when you come out in your pajamas and you're you're like your sweats on and your glasses and you're like, oh, please, this is for bunnies only. (laughs) Especially to do something nice. It's so funny. So, yeah, we, well, we definitely send our love and our prayers and our thoughts and everything to everybody um, up and down the the East Coast. Um, That is a scary hurricane headed headed their way boy um but let's especially for senior citizens animals oh, yeah. and uh, del rey has a lot of addiction centers well and uh, uh, um 
And in these addiction centers, if you don't follow the rules or you slip and have a relapse, they put you on the street. So Del Rey especially, you know, my heart goes out to because there's a lot of young people there that really don't need any more stress in their life. They're working on, you know, their heartache, and most of them are all dual diagnosis, um, which I'm starting to believe we're almost all dual diagnosis, but that's, a, that's another topic. That's for the next book. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, I have a couple of those, yeah. That's funny. So, all right. So let me tell I would everybody sing you big. Would, I would sing you big girls do cry, but I cannot do Mr. Valley justice. I, I, I just I can't sing either. Girls. So you're in good company there. Um, I would have loved to it, sing it for you, but I'm sorry. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm good. We're, I don't even have like any music in the background. Even I didn't think of that. Um, let me just tell That's everybody okay. what I for sure, so uh, people can follow and they can buy your book, which is Big Girls Do Cry. And uh, your website is aprilkirkwood.com. And you're mm-hmm. also on Twitter. And the Twitter is April, of course, which I love. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, beautiful, beautiful. And um, yep, I follow you on Twitter too. And I, mm-hmm. I appreciate you following me. And you have a YouTube channel and everything. So everything sort of links out um, a newsletter yeah, and all that stuff. Right. If you go to the website, uh, we are starting something new. I'm, I'm not to just continue in that vein, but I know we want to get to the topic, but we are starting a private YouTube series for people who sign up for the newsletter that you get it before anyone else about finding happiness in unhappy situations and how I did it. And when you read the book, um, Big Girls Do Cry, and that's also available at at, um, Barnes and Nobles, I think Walmart online, and of course, the go-to for all of us today, Amazon. So, um, it, and then I also have a demo of me as a keynote speaker. You can, you know, tab that over. Um, this book has turned into a mission for me to help people regain happiness in their lives, a genuine happiness. And um, that's what the book is about. It looks like, and I, sometimes I don't like the cover. It, it's me and Frankie when I was little, but it looks like, oh God, you know, it's another dizzy blonde talking about her love affair with a celebrity and why it didn't go right and giving the dirty details. None of that could be further from the truth. None of that. It is more like Gypsy Rose Lee lives in Osaga County. And it's about a group of women who are so dysfunctional and um, what they do for me in the name of their love to verify their their self-value and worth. So it, it's a good cautionary tale for young mothers. It's a good cautionary tale uh, for young women who want to go into show business um, or any field that is competitive, which is almost every field today, um, everything, yeah. it, you know, the, Even the yeah, boys, everything's yeah. gotten, right. Or guys, everything's gotten so competitive, but the story itself is if you love Frankie Valley of the four seasons, who also, you know, did big girls do cry, Sherry, my eyes adored you December 63, it does talk a little bit about 
our three-decade affair that lasted over 30 years of my life. And wow. I, I, I came to a point where I was standing one day in West Palm in this beautiful, beautiful house, and I was miserable. I was scathing inside, and I was just like, oh, how did I get here? What am I doing? And I did something I never do because I'm an A-type high achiever. I did nothing. I did nothing but wait. Instead of packing my bags, screaming at somebody, buying more shoes, going to have a glass of wine with my girlfriends, I just, I just kind of, I'm not saying I shut down, but I just let those feelings live with me for a while. And I, I ask, you know, the universe or whatever you want to call it, God, Heavenly Father, Mother, Father, God, um, the metaphysics, your guides, it doesn't matter to me, they're all the same thing, for a sign. And, and lo and behold, my daughter calls, and she's at UM down in the Gables in Florida, and said, oh, my God, there's a new play out, and it's called Jersey Boys. I think it's about Frankie Valley. Let's go. So at the time, I'm a teacher. I'm not making a lot of money, so the tickets are, you know, expensive, but I, you know, bite the bullet, and we go down there. Anyhow, to make um, – it all come together quickly for you. I see the lights come down and that little version of Frankie come out and I almost have a breakdown right there. I start sobbing. Now this isn't a man I thought about. I've had another relationship. I was married and I'm like, what? My daughter's looking at me in every, every part of the, the play. Oh, that's about you, mom, or you were there, or you knew when his daughter died or yeah, you know, um, oh, yeah, 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 you knew about him divorcing Marianne and all of this, you know, all of the events of his life that some were very tragic as well. Um, and, I, you know, I, I thought, oh, my God, this man and I, you know, this is a long-term relationship. This is some heavy-duty stuff. I mean, this isn't just – and I, I'm not saying it was for him. I don't. I can't speak to the man himself or or for him, but for me, a little girl yeah, from yeah. a farmhouse. For me, and we can only, we can only take relationships and and scenarios and circumstances from our own perspective, and everyone has a different perspective. So it doesn't mean that yours is right or wrong. Um, it just means that you should, as a wonderful woman, own it. Be don't be afraid to own your story, your perspective. And so it started out, so I go home, I start praying, and I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And I started doing what every counselor, now remember I have two masters in counseling. I should have had this together by then. Um, and I'm like, okay, I don't know what to do with this. I'll start journaling. And it, I, it turned into a book. And during that two-year process, I had to find out, what it was about Mr. Valley and I that blocked me from loving other people fully, from picking the wrong men, from letting the right men go, from sabotaging my romantic life, which affected every other part of my life. I mean, if you get divorced, you become very, you know, um, poor. Your kids are chaos. I mean, your home life is uh, disheveled. And I needed, as a person that was growing up, also my mother had just passed. And when right. your mom leaves, 
when your mom dies, you know, the rules, the roles of your life change and you become the matriarch or I did. I was the, I'm the only daughter. And I thought, I better get this together. You know, my mommy is gone. I can't come to her anymore. I don't. And I think that also sometimes God brings incidences in your life to nudge you to do your work. Um, in my new book, I talk about that there are never any, any, any mistakes in the universe. Never. Even even this Frankie Valley story, which looks very tawdry when you read it on a surface level, is a blessing for me. So anyhow, I find out and start doing this research and I start, I find out this thing about imprinting. Like, they, you know, how you imprint with docs. You know, you know, everybody knows yeah. pretty much that. So I thought, oh, my God. Well, imprinting actually is part of everybody, man, woman, everybody's biological and DNA. It happens the first year of your life, usually with a caretaker, but it could be a phrase, a sigh, the way someone walks, the way someone's eyes move. Um, it could be someone else who you spent a lot of time with, and you imprint on some aspect of that. Then, oh, it's not stopped there. Imprinting comes back in adolescence between the ages of 6 and 11, um, and you imprint on what you think your romantic life should look like. What should he look like? What should, this is why these girls, like me, who play with Barbies, I mean, sometimes we set ourselves up to never being happy because it's like, no, that's not what I, that's not what I, I picture. Perfect enough. You know? Yeah, no, that's not right. Yeah, and not only is he not perfect enough, I'm not perfect enough. So where does that leave me? And then it goes into a whole other level. So I, um, I start to think, Oh my God, this man is my imprint. Um, and what what does that mean? Now this is this would be like letting a little girl take your hand or a little child or a little boy out into the highway to go pick a flower. You see a flower somewhere in a crack and let's go. And no one in, you wouldn't let your sons lead you into an interstate to go find a pretty flower. You'd say, let's walk around it. Let's, you would be protective. But we aren't because this little child is leading us by the hand, often telling us what love should be, what love should act like, what love should look like, and how it should all turn out. So then for me, now most people outgrow this, right? They go to high school. They, they see other relationships. Not me. I'm like the poster child. I keep seeing this man. <laughs> it's, it's like you have in that poster of the Beatles and you have an affair with, you know, I don't Paul McCartney for 30 years. You're not going to get over it. Right. <laughs> you know, you're, you're there. You're, you're in it. And when I realized that that was my imprint, then I could start to really look at the decisions. I made, I chose, I let this inner child in me um, dictate and make some very, very poor decisions that really affected everyone, everyone around me, my career, my kids, my family, 
and um, most importantly, my kids and the men in my life. How, um, how did this happen in the first place? Like, how, how did this all come about? See, I, I don't. I am absolutely clueless how this came about. This is what's so funny. I'm the firstborn and, you know, I'm grandma's little angel. And my Aunt Jenny, when I was six years, this started at six years old. My Aunt Jenny gets tickets to a Frankie Valley concert. Well, somebody couldn't go. Well, by that time, my mother had a mental health issue and she was going through a divorce. And basically, I lived back at the, my farmhouse with my grandma and my aunt Jenny and my mother, you know, when she wasn't working or whatever she was doing. So I was her tag along. So I, they take me down to Stamp Auditorium in Youngstown, Ohio, very close to our home. And I see Frankie Valley. They didn't think a thing about it. They just had an extra ticket. It plopped me in the chair. That was it. I mean, I'm six. I don't know what happened to me. I was madly in love. I, I madly in love with him. I didn't know the Beatles. I didn't know Donnie and Marie Osmond. I, I, it, I was. I, I must be like I'm Italian. I'm. That's it. I'm dedicated. In fact, way too long. You know, I'm the little girl who stayed at the party too long. Um, and I just fell in love with him. And then after that, they, my mother and them. Um, I was very. Loved. I'm not going to say spoiled because I was raised to be a very good girl, but I was given given tons of love, uh, even in a destructive way at times. And uh, and love can be destructive if if not managed well. Uh, they took me and they got me a little banner and a hat that said Frankie with glitter. And he picked me up off the stage, and my grandma and everybody went. By then, it was something to do. Now, remember, we're in the Midwest in the 60s. No computer, no cell phone. We have no way to check on this man. I mean, you know, there's, we don't even know how to find out where he was playing. I mean, we just happened to find, you know, maybe we would go to the uh, market and get a newspaper from Akron and Cleveland. And my grandma and my mom would say, well, we'll take you only to these towns. We're not going to start driving you to Syracuse, New York, to see Mr. Valley, April in. So um, he was at Cedar Point, with, and he put me on stage and held me like his daughter. I, I, you know, he had uh, three daughters at one time, two are past. And um, I, I have to believe there was a connection. And not to get all Lulu and metaphysical on everybody, but you know, I do feel a very strong bond, whether it's just from my childhood or something else. But um, we fought constantly on the, uh, just to put it in there because I'm very strong too, and he's very strong. But um, and after that, we just started seeing each other, and life would always interfere, though. That, you know, one time his mother died. The next time he had two daughters pass within eight months. Then he married a girl from uh, in his hometown, New York, New Jersey area that knew his mother. I mean, there was all. And, and, right, and, let me and ask you a question, me, though. Right then and there mm-hmm. when he did that, wouldn't it just be like, okay, I'm done? When he got married? Yeah. When he did what? No, because you, I... Like, I for me, no, because I didn't even know he was married. Ah, okay. I mean, there were times that there was, there were times I didn't know. I mean, here I am, 
you know, going back at 14 and 15 and 17 and no computer, no cell phone, no nothing. I'm a little girl. I'm in love. And, and then at a certain point I was raised in a very strict um, Bible home. And after I had slept with him and I don't know yet, maybe you have to be older to understand this, but when we were raised, you sleep with someone, you might as well just go pick out China patterns. I mean, this is it, <laughs> you know, I mean, oh, I I'm going to marry him. I mean, you know, I slept with you now. I'm going to marry you. Right. I mean, you're gonna go you know, yeah, yeah, you know, you love me, right? I mean, you wouldn't sleep with me if you didn't love me. I mean, that, that's how naive that time line. period was. Oh, yeah. I hope everybody well, listens to that. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I was like, of course you're going to marry me. I'm going to be Mrs. Valley. And then my family loved me so much that they thought, well, we love her that much. Maybe he will. <laughs> I mean, yeah. this is – plus my mother – was miserable, had the severe depression. I think she had a borderline personality disorder way before Oprah, way before Dr. Phil, way when doctors were just subscribing pills. And so I, I, this is all in retrospect. I did not know my mother had a borderline personality disorder. I did not know my mother had been molested. I did not know my mother was miserable. They had, um, I knew a little bit, but I didn't understand its effect on me. Let's put it that way. And my Aunt Jenny and my grandma would take care of me, you know, like a family does. I know a lot of listeners out there, they're helping raise their grandchildren or, you know, situations occur that we all have to pull together. And that's what happened in my, my um, instance. And thank God. So, I, you know, when you're young, you don't think of these things. You don't think of anything. Now, I, you know, when you have sex with somebody, it's like you are sharing not just their spit. You're sharing their DNA. You're sharing their karma. They're, you're sharing their energy. You're sharing their pain. I, it makes me want to come back next lifetime as a nun, for God's sake. I mean, I just would don't. you do this all over again and thinking about this? Were you like, what was I doing? Would you do this over no. again? No, probably. If I was standing here, heck no. I probably would have gone on to get my doctorate and become a psychiatrist because that's my love. I love counseling. I have two masters in counseling. I was a dean at of schools for years in Florida. Uh, I worked as a social worker at a mental health um, institute. I'm going back to school to pick up three classes. Um, my son had a drug issue, and um, I learned how to heal our family and get Grant back up on his feet. And people ask me all the time, and I'm going to have a – I do keynotes on this. Even small places, I would love to come. And um, kids with addiction, what's really going on and, and what steps? are most advantageous in keeping your family together. And I'm not a pushover either. I mean, I have have very firm boundaries. Uh, And I believe in tough love, but I don't believe in just being tough. (laughs) So, you know, but some of these people are ravaged. So anyhow, my mother has this crazy personality disorder. She's a whack job. And I think in the book you'll see that she said with love, encourages. Or is that said with your anger? What'd you say? 
Is that said with love or anger? It's or angry with, love. with love. I, no, just okay. love. I, I really, I miss my mother so much. She is uh, the best part of me. Uh, you know what it really is? Pity. I feel so bad that my mother was so tortured by, in her life. Um, and, and I, and how sad it is that it affected my life and my children in terrible ways. But I just feel bad because no one loved me like my mother. My mother would run out and get hit by a bus. She'd also not let me have a relationship with my husband or let me have my own children because borderlines are really afraid of abandonment. They're really afraid of not being loved. They're really afraid of rejection. They will do anything to keep control. And um, so I I really feel pity. Uh, There are some things that happened in my life the last couple weeks that even were more. And from this book, more fallout. And it's, and I will talk about that in the next book because this is, I thought I was healed when the book was done. And I was like, oh no, I just started, you know, and God just goes, I'm going to bring this up right now because I think you can handle it. And number two, you're here to learn about love. So I'm going to bring this to you and I'm going to see if you can handle it. And then if you can handle it and get healed, you'll be blessed again. I mean, the only way that I've ever gotten healed from any of this is through love. My anger has never healed me. My furiousness, my hate, my um, rage has only led me down another road that didn't please me. Why is it so important to you to share this to people? Because I think most of you know why? I think this is hilarious. In the world that we live in, because I scan the Internet, we still are failing drastically at love. We still are not getting it right. We are still putting our eggs in the wrong basket, so to speak, um, to go, not to regress, but to go back for my imprinting. So then I feel like uh, this imprinting, right? And then I think, why did I imprint Frankie Valley other than he's rich and famous and gorgeous? I mean, why? I could have picked anybody. It could have been anything. I mean, some people imprint with a professor, with um, a father, with a pastor, with a teacher, with a coach, with a boss. Uh, you know, maybe they're, they, they meet somebody along the way that just touches a bell of something. And the first part of my healing came when I – imprinted on somebody that had the qualities I desire in myself. And I wanted to be loved and I wanted to be admired, especially with my upbringing. You know, I was everybody's little clown, so to speak. I was their entertainment. I was going to be their salvation. And I wanted to save them and I wanted to make them happy. So he represented things that they would be proud of. And then I had to think, Am I proud of that? Is that what I want? Or is that my little child? Or is it the parents still telling me this? And I think so many of us are going through life on auto. Like me, smart, 
attractive, well-liked. How many people, and I wonder how many people out there have had someone say to them, you're such a cute girl, why can't you find somebody? Or why do you always pick the loser? Or God, this isn't going to work out right. I can see it. Why can't you see it? And when I look online, I could teach you how to seduce somebody. I could teach you, and, and, and many other women can, I'm not, you know, I can teach you how to manipulate a man, how to get your way. But that's not, I mean, all these sites that how to win your man and how to, you know, seduce your man and how, oh, man, I'm just, I just shake my head like this is not, this is not going to bring lasting happiness. I want people to have what I have. I'm very happy. I, I know who I am. I know where I've come from. I know why each person is in my life. I know better how to work through those issues and come back stronger. I know in a better way how to have a good relationship and an affair with the most important person I'll ever know, and that's myself. I was such a pleaser. I'm a a counselor. I'm codependent. I'll heal you. Oh, come, let me love you. I'll heal you. How could I heal you if I can't even heal myself? How can you be a good mother if you can't even heal yourself? I had a girlfriend, I'm just heartbroken about this. I had lost contact with her because I was down in West Palm. So I was out this summer with some friends, and I said, what in the heck happened to da 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 And they said, she died. I go, what do you mean she died? You know, what happened to her? Well, she started drinking. She became an addict after her co- kids went away to college. And she drank herself to death. And I was like, so the, the, the her, maybe her obituary might have read she died of cirrhosis of the liver. But she really died of a broken heart. And And these things that I'm talking about are so linked to our health, our mental health, I think it's time we bridge spirituality with psychology, with all the research medically, so we come up with a better way to have good mental health. So this is, a, this is my story about how I started the adventure of my mental health. And you'll get a good viewpoint of the women in my life. And, and also I want all, everyone out there, I have so many things to tell these people because I love them. We travel in tribes. And what I mean by that is, first of all, the most intense emotional work you'll ever do in your life is with your family. I mean, that's why Christmas and stuff, everyone has fights, Thanksgiving, no one, we're all excited. It's always a letdown. You know, Uncle Ned comes in drunk. Somebody, you know, falls. Some people are negative. Why are you gay? Get that or get that tattoo. What the hell's that tattoo on your arm, son? You look like a damn atheist. <laughs> we, it just, it's like, oh my God, what is happening here? So, if the the work that I had to do really did start in this group of women really did resonate that same dense energy of I'm not good enough, men are no good, 
uh, get what you can. Um, April will save us. Um, beauty is everything. If you're beautiful enough, you can get anything and you'll be happy. Money. Um, we teach kids, to, and I, I don't, this is not to not be successful. I want everyone to be successful and have money, but I want them to have money doing what they love and doing what's noble and what has integrity and what's honest to themselves. I want every woman out here, no matter what's happened to us, to become wholesome again. The little girl that played in the yard and picked the flowers and looked at the sky, I want you to walk that way every day. And that's my goal for myself. And we have to get through this. Yeah, and so very, um, very relationship-based. Everything yeah. about you is very, very, very relationship. Well, I think love, nothing, we are put on this planet for one thing, is to learn about love, love ourselves and love others. How we learn about love is through relationships. We really don't learn about them through buying furniture, trying on a great pair of shoes, or even being good at our job. You know, you work on a computer for eight hours or you answer the phone, but it's with the relationships inside of those. You know, when you're mowing your lawn and your husband puts the little kids on the tractor, the mowing the lawn isn't the lesson, the doing it with your son on the tractor is. Right. So I'm, it's I'm all... looking at... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Mm-mm. No, no, keep going. No, sorry. <laughs> no, I'm fine. I I, I, I'm, just, I'm just fine. I'm just, I get so excited about this. No, no. I, I mean, I love that, that idea. Yeah, in fact... You know, they don't even have to be little. I mean, we've got, you know, our bigger boys mowing the lawn with Dad still. You know? but no, it, it, it starts then and it continues yeah. hopefully till the last breath you take. I yeah. want my last breath, should it be, in the arms of my children, making spaghetti, watching our favorite old movies that we've seen a million and one times that are boring to everybody else, laughing. And, and, you know, I I do volunteer work at hospice. Nobody ever talks about material things when they talk about what did they like about life. No, I bet they don't, as a matter of fact. No, no, they don't. They talk about the the air, the trees, the, the freedom of travel, the freedom to get up and walk, the freedom to drive a car, the freedom to love their children. And even if they failed miserably at it, they still have a lot of love in those last moments. Most people, most people. Um, And those are the people that I choose to emulate, you know, the ones who are really happy with this adventure. I I think about this as we're talking and all the things that you have to offer people with all the things that you've been through and all of the degrees you have and just – seem like a, just an amazing wealth of information and and, and, I'm, and I'm honest I, I yeah, don't oh, yeah. lie yes yeah. I, I mean I, no. I have no time this is the this is the 11th hour the world is changing quickly the women here are here to do a great work our children are coming in as indigo children their DNAs are different their energies are different we have 
not only an opportunity, but a responsibility to get in touch with ourselves so that we can heal the world. And, and we I, don't have I time. By sharing That's what story, your blog show is heal. about, right? Yeah. Yep. I, so, I do so this, believe that every person that comes on here that shares their story, even if it's just one person who listens even for two minutes, um, there's a takeaway. And that's where I was going with this, too. I, I, you shared your story, but, and I want to know if maybe we could um, move over to a different category of the show, which is like sure. maybe some advice. Like for somebody listening, um, mm-hmm. do you have any like really super specific advice? Or um, I know I'm in your blog. I love your blog. <laughs> and okay, thank I, you. I, yeah, I don't know. Um, I was going to suggest to people listening, like if you want real, real super specific advice and help and things like that. And um, ask me, ask me. I do yeah. not charge. I'm not here. If you need to call me, if you want to Skype, if you have an issue, if you've been molested, if you have an addiction issue, if you just have the perfect life but you're freaking miserable because this is all a joke, you know, it's like sometimes you wake up and you're like, this is all a lie. I don't like this. This isn't me. And, and I think the search is to f- find out who you really are. And that, once you can do that through a series of steps, and that's what the book is, my new book, The Logic of Illogical Love, Rose-Colored Glasses Required, is like a manual on going from the logical view of the world, you live, you die, you get sick because you ate, you didn't eat enough carrots, blah, 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 blah. And your kids grow up and leave and some turn out good and some turn out bad. That's, you know, the law of, you know, life. I don't believe all that. I believe that there's most of what's going on in our life we don't see because we choose not to. And I, I use the metaphor, we've lost our rose-colored glasses. So I would like you to I would like to help anyone find their rose colored glasses. And um I'm available twenty four seven. I like I said, I've been a counselor, a therapist in both the private and public sectors of the community. And I want every woman out there to be her best self. Yeah. And yeah, it, it, the journey it, I'll I'll I will tell you each truth you find will lead you to another step and another step and another step. And it, it's a process. You don't wake up the next morning and feel fabulous. But you might look back a year from now and go, wow, look where I came from. I'm happy, you know. And don't let anybody, and this is a problem for me and everybody, don't let people take you down. There's people in your circle who are negative or rude or don't believe or you say something silly and they make fun of you or or don't you know you have to separate those emotionally. I'm not saying go out and get a divorce and become on welfare. I'm saying that most of what happens is emotional and spiritual anyhow, so you can keep yourself whole. And wholesome. And the more you do it, it may only be two minutes the first time, and then they make you furious the next 23 hours and 57 minutes. But the more you are able to maintain in that wholesome spot, that knowing spot, that love spot, the more you'll be able to. Yeah. So don't now, give up on yourself. 
I'm going to come back to this in just a second. I, <clears throat> hopefully this okay. will make sense. It, it's making sense in my head. It may not come out that way, though. I have no idea how this is going to go. So today, are who are you as far as married, children, you know, all of those things? What Are, are you married? How long have you been married? No, how long no, have you been no I'm not. I'm, I'm working diligently on my second book. I'm going through a lot of transition. Um, I have two children, one's in Brooklyn, New York, one's in Youngstown, who has been in recovery and is now going in to to be a counselor himself. My personal life is pretty much quiet right now. I am really at an age where I am most interested, and I think some of this is just biological. Um, I'm most interested in dedicating my energies to being mentally healthy, being a good mom, and doing this work on the planet. Um, I have a relationship with someone who is ill, and um, so I'm more of a helpmate and a caretaker. And that affords me the opportunity to write instead of having to be in the school room or the classroom for 10 hours a day therapy or something like that or yeah mm-hmm. a counselor. yeah yeah and I, I so, you know, the sad part for me about teaching is it's really not part-time you know you can either do it full-time or not mental health a little different so um part-time is good for me for in the mental health field but I love teaching just as much we're all teachers we're all I would teachers. think you'd be a great school teacher I think it'd be so much fun you'd be a great teacher you'd I love it Everybody would remember forever and ever. Oh gosh, I'm crazy. They used to say uh, down in Fort Lauderdale, the principals, you know, do a walkthrough, and I'd always get the bad kids, and they go, "Why is why are they so good for her?" Big football. They go, "They're afraid. They don't know what to think. Like someday she's gonna jump on the table. Someday she's gonna make them laugh. Every day is like, I I think they're startled." I think they don't know what to expect. (laughs) Yeah, and that's how you. But it's how you remember and learn, though. you know, exactly. A lot of kids I, don't I learn keep, from just picking a book up and reading. Oh no, yeah, you can't do that. You have to be interactive, and and you have to to really inspire them to be better. And that if, yeah. if they don't like you and respect you, um, they're going to shut down. Over. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let me come back to what I was going to say that was okay. making all the sort of sense in my head, but wasn't sure it was going to come out right. So you were telling me about you know where you are right now in life. Now, do you believe, oh, let me see. Okay, so I'm a little different. I've been married for 17 years. I have four kids. Right. I've been divorced once. Two of my uh, two older boys are from that previous marriage. Do you, mm-hmm. so relationships, here's the point kind of that I'm trying to get you to talk <laughs> about. Is relationships are all over the place. Some people are yes. married. Some people aren't. Some people are divorced five times. Some people mm-hmm. have, you know, whatever. How do you give advice? all of that there's a couple basic things of that love is uh love should be enlarging in other words it should bring out all of your dreams and hopes for you personally love should obviously be a safe place a place where you're not bullied a place where you're not abused you know sometimes the lessons we are here to learn are to stand up for ourselves um, I studied a lot of um, past life 
information. And sometimes the only lesson that you're here to learn, which is not an unimportant lesson, is to be able to learn to say no. Some people have to learn to say yes and be forgiving. Other people learn have to learn to a little bit not be so pushy with their own. So I I would like to talk to a woman about why they're in this relationship. I don't care whether they're married. I don't care whether they're lesbians. I don't care. I, I don't, it's, what is why? What called them there? What called them there? What called the other person there? What are you giving to each other? What are you learning from each other? Acceptance, forgiveness, kindness, patience, <laughs> um, to, to walk away. That's a lesson. To, sometimes you have to walk away. Some people are never going to get it. Some people are never going to love you the way you love them because they probably don't love themselves. And if they don't love themselves that way, they're never going to be able to love you that way. Does that mean just get up and walk away? No. I I would never advise a woman to just be like I was or maybe you were at 27. No one tells me to do that. I'm packing my stuff. I'm out of here. I mean, I think you come to a point where you need to be wise. Yeah, you know, I I like this little quote. I always follow my heart as as long as it's not above my head. Cuz God doesn't want you to suffer. Yeah. I mean, sometimes my heart has just like leaped off the building and I'm like, "Oh, didn't have wings. Probably shouldn't have not leaped that fast. Maybe I could have taken the back way and used the steps to get where I need to be." instead of a free fall and then when I land on my face I have no one to blame but myself so it's a slippery slope between um, following your gut your intuition the Holy Spirit and having good common sense and I think that's sometimes what we need counselors to do either either push us to move or slow us back and help you get where you need to be yeah one of the questions I get a lot because I've been married, everybody goes, gosh, you've been married so long. <laughs> I'm starting to get that. Mm-hmm. You've been married so long. Like, can uh, people say, uh, will say, I want what you have. Or, or do you know how people like compare themselves to you or even you We're, compare yourself to somebody else? And it's yeah. like, <laughs> let's talk about that. Take that from me and go for it. Because, um, I, I try and tell people, don't compare yourself to me. I'm me. You're you. you got to find exactly what you just said. you got to figure out what makes you happy. This might not be it. You know, I, I mean, well, I'm and maybe that I really want exactly what you have. And I'm like, whoa, I don't know. Well, first of all, we don't know what really goes on in your home. So the fact that you look, like if you look at me sometimes, I look like I've got the world by the butt. And there's times I don't. I mean, I'm just showing up and hoping I get there. Oh, my I mean, hair right now. Please. You're mortified. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I'm like, <laughs> no. I put a princess on and my hair is on top of my head talking to you. I definitely don't yeah, have it, it all together today. I made cookies no, for the and, base and so, sale for the school all morning long before the phone call. 
See, and, like, and and probably there they're all thinking, oh, she's so spiritual. She has her blog show, and I just want to be like her. And she's got yeah. the perfect life, and I'm divorced, and I'm coming in from the grocery store with these crappy cupcakes, and and you know, everyone has their own lesson. First of all, I really do believe this is just one lifetime out of many. So although even maybe you found your soulmate this time. Maybe this is a reward for you. Maybe there's something behind closed doors you two are working out. Maybe not. Maybe this is your blessing. Something else will happen to you. Being on this planet is work. Being on this planet is here because we have to learn lessons. Learning lessons in and of themselves, like going to school, involves rough patches, whether it was your earlier divorce, whether it was... But I will tell you this and benefit to you and other people, the more you get it right, the easier things flow. And that's my, my hope. But it still doesn't mean right for you, not, right for you, not like right. you have, you know, right. whatever that is for you, right for you, because it might not be married, living in the burbs with four kids. That might no, be, it you might be, like, be scratching your head going, no, thanks. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, but you still I, might I not feel like you're right. No, I have a lot of women who are miserable in their little West Palm lives. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I know this sounds terrible, but they have nothing to do but shop all day. And they're miserable because they're not giving of themselves. They've lost track. It's like driving your car through a snowstorm and you can't see in front of you. They're driving. But they don't know where they're driving to. It's not clear. You are a spirit and a body having a human experience, and it talks and it takes a lot of lessons. And the lessons, yeah, it does. It's not easy. That's why we need women like you and me, hopefully, to join together and lift each other up. And lift each other up in the spirit of feminine unity. I mean, you know, we're going to make it. We have no choice. We're going to make it. I don't want to hear, like, my girlfriend died because she didn't make it. I feel terrible I didn't reach out to her. That makes me so sad when you said that. It's like, oh, no. No, and you know what? That happened so much. Also, you hear about people who they just dropped out of a heart attack. Why? Cause so out. Right, because they're miserable. <laughs> Just yeah. they're, they're, do you know more people die on Monday morning between the time of seven a.m. and and twelve in America than any other country in the world? That tells us two things. Number one, we can choose when we die because we're all picking Monday. And number two, we hate our lives. We'd rather die than go to work and start another week. <laughs> I, I try not to laugh because it's funny, but it's really sad on the same token. Yeah, it's like, it's like it's one like, of those things. It's like <laughs> one of those things you you laugh at, but it's sad. It's like oh, it's same. Well, and same thing when there's truth. a full moon. We all know that people become more emotional because our bodies have water and the tides rise in a full moon, which tells me something. There's more going on to our body then we know, and our bodies are very connected to the spiritual world, the water, the earth, the planets, the moon. If more people in, in mental institutions 
get up at 3 a.m. on a full moon and go crazy and need their meds, that tells me a lot more than that it was just a bad day for them. Yeah. We are I'm connected really to everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm huge into a um, couple, well, couple things. Perspective, number one, and gratitude, probably the second one. And on any given day, well, those two can change spots. But, you know, like I'm, I'm a person who's been, you know, I've, I've, you know, nearly not been on the planet a couple times from food allergic reactions. I'm, I'm a, an mm-hmm. adult with anaphylaxis, just horrible food allergies. And so mm-hmm. I've almost died from eating almonds. I almost died while I was um, six months pregnant with our third son and wow. had a full-blown, you know, anaphylactic reaction there in the hospital for a week. And so I've, I've really, really have basic um, things that make me happy, like breathing, waking up, you know, things like that. And so I, I don't know how that ties into relationships, but it somehow for me makes it really easy like people will say, wow, you're pretty easy to get along with. And not in a pushover sense, but, you know, it doesn't take a ton to make me happy. Cause no, because you get it. Now. Every time your your feet hit the floor for you, this is a good day. I'm grateful. I think yeah. that was your lesson maybe. Maybe for you to do this work, you had to become appreciative of your presence on the planet at this time. You're oh, appreciative of sure. life. Yeah, I don't and think that, I was that before. changed your no, and I and I think that changed your perspective, that that helped, and then as soon as your perspective changes, you start feeling better, you start getting healed, stuff that bothers you is dropped away, things get, get things get left behind you like bad luggage, and you're lighter and freer, and then it grows. It's like when someone I'm not becomes saying a movie should, star, you know, go anaphylactic to have their no. moment or no, anything because... like that but you know some I, 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 I don't know how to um, I don't know quite how to teach people how to go into that mode without having had something happen because I, I know for sure a lot of people um, do have those painful moments and they sort of you know wake up and, and move forward in a different way but it would be really cool to me if we could teach the moving forward in a different way at a really young age. People, and that's what my book is know, about, aware. You know, how, how to happens. move forward. Right. After the guy leaves you for a young girl, after you lose your job, after the career never turned out quite right, the kids right. disappointed you. This happens to all of us. And, and when you learn that it happens to all of us, you can a little bit detach and not take it quite so seriously and say, you know, this is part of the process and have faith. The kids will come back. The job isn't, I'm not just my job. I'm a woman. I'm not just a wife. I'm a woman in this body having this experience to learn. Yeah. Yep. And, And I know for me, for like being in a relationship for 17 years, you know, there's a lot of points where you go, okay, growth moment here. We're going to get through this point yeah. or we're not, you know, and it's, it's a, my husband and I, like, we look at each other. We have these, we call it marriage maintenance. And, you know, we will literally <laughs> that, sit I love down that. and we never, yeah, we never fight or anything like that. But we, what we do is we go, we will talk through anything. We'll be like, okay, what's your side? What's your side? What's, you know, my husband's an attorney. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting too. <laughs> so, yeah. but you know, it's, it's, and it's not like being, you know, attorney or anything in those moments. But no, it's, but he it's can really he's a good debater. He's intelligent, right? Oh yeah, 
And so, um, I don't know, just that, that, commu- that communication and the ability to maneuver through just about what feels like anything a lot of the mm-hmm. time and some of the time and mm-hmm. none of the time and most of the time, you know, and all the time seems like that's a really key factor in relationships. And I love and, but in your, especially your relationship. Yeah, and mine he's in teaching you that. Yeah. Uh, but where I was going with that is really back to you for your blog because I love these things that you have written here. I just kind of have been randomly clicking as we've been talking. And I love this be honest, be kind, and fair, and be prepared. I mm-hmm. love this. Yeah. Do you have but, it and memorized you know, all to talk about it? <laughs> <laughs> no. What did I say? Be honest? Be, it's, um, what is it? You talk about telling the truth, being liberating for the soul, and that oh, just strikes yeah. me I, as I so have powerful to tell my truth. conversation. Well, Oh, my gosh. Everyone is so mad at me about this book because I really talk about some personal – Frankie's mad at me. They're all mad at me. Everyone's mad at me. But I had to tell my truth. And when I told my truth, there was nothing to hide anymore. Yeah, that guy was a shit to me. Excuse my language. That guy – you know, my mother was uh, – lived in an abusive relationship. Um, I took the fallout from that. When I could come out, and I'm not gay, but I, I bet the act of coming out is very fair to just bearing it all and saying, oh, now I can begin to live. All that time I'm walking around with this stuff, and not that people were asking me, and not that people thought bad of me, but I was walking around this stuff inside me. I mean, I'm sure I could have just gone through life and kept it quiet. But I didn't do it to make money. I didn't make very much money on on the book, to be quite frank. I didn't. I I don't make anything on Nobody my blog. Does. No, uh, you know, I I did it because I I needed to do it for my mental health, and now I want to extend that to help the mental health of other people. But I like the fact that you're so um, powerfully honest. <laughs> I don't know if that I, for the, those close to me, it might not be such a good good trade. <laughs> for I had well, a situation. Well, yeah, I could see. <laughs> I know, you know. Just just to back back up again, because I know you and I are like sharing sharing things. You know, I I can I remember when I first told my um, parents I was going to be an author with Hay House, and they were like, uh-huh. "Oh crap." You're going to write all about us in your book. And I'm, or, or every family member, I swear to God, every single family member, but for a few, were like, oh, God, what are you going to write? Up? What are you going to write in that? What part of us, you know, I'm just like, relax, people. <laughs> this is a positive, happy book. If you piss me off one time, I'm not writing that in the book or <laughs> whatever. You know, and so people, it's a natural thing when you are an author or you're out there or you're on the radio or whatever, people get mad at you. Oh, I have a lot of women that love Frankie that are mad at me. And I have Frankie's family. They're mad at me. I mean, you know, like I ruined his career. I ruined his reputation. I didn't. First of all, he's a mega. I I hardly think my little book ruined his reputation. I hardly think. But the the bottom line is um, self-responsibility. Maybe Frankie shouldn't have sex with me underage. Yeah, but say? I mean, 
and maybe these people should have thought about what they did before they did it. I mean, once you put it out there, when I'm saying not my book, but once you put something out there like you're mean to somebody or, or you, then it's out there. And, you know, if I used it to get healed, so be it. I mean, there's nothing, you know, nothing I could say. Right. I mean, you know, some of these things in the book are not flattering, but they are real and they happen. And I guess I put them under there because I think I put them in the book because they happen to all of us. I mean, how many people are molested or have incest? Like one out of every five women? That's a lot. Uh, How many people have mental health issues? How many people have a major depressive episode? I've lived with a mother who is mentally ill and so have so many other people. So I don't know whether that's to being brave or just being naive, you know, that I thought people might be able to gain from that. But I did it with a genuine heart. Did you ask permission? Um, I told people, but I don't really think they, I, I tried to reach out to Frank. He never got a word from his camp. I tried two different addresses cause I've lost track of him until now. Now we have, now we're very in much and con, you know, know where we are. Um, and I told my significant other who was, has been abusive and I don't think they realized I was going to, I don't think they thought I was going to do it. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Another one of April's things. You know, sure, you're going to do a book, sure. Okay, talk to you in three years. But when I did it, my, my my brother won't speak to me. I've lost the relationship of my brother. And now they're trying to turn it into a movie, <laughs> which is going to be even more um, revealing than the book because of all the incidents that have just recently happened. So if they so turn you, it into a movie. What do you mean by that when you say that? Well, there's been some other issues about my childhood and um, people in them and negative things that I really didn't, I wasn't really sure about. You know, once you begin to peel that, you know, the truth, um, not people, I just think it's the universe. You know, when you're ready to hear it, it happens. You hear these things or you learn. And even, you know, my father and people have, have come out with words and comments and events that um, I was never sure of that have, that most people would think are really, really insightful and also um, reconfirm the worst of some of the events in my life. So um, (laughs) yeah, no, I was, um, yeah, I was thinking, I was thinking a little bit more about that as you're talking like in a broader sense of what this is all about and so forth. And, does anybody ever say to you, um, that never happened, or that's exaggerated, yeah. or that, you know, all, all the stuff, yeah, all yeah, the stuff. Frankie Valley and you never had an affair. You're just making this up because you want his attention. Or or they'll say, oh, yeah, you slept with Frankie Valley and he dumped you, so you're just doing this to be mean. Yeah, or, yeah all the things that people do to attack Or why did you wait till the movie came out? to write the book and the movie did come out the same six months because it took me two years from Jersey boys to finish it It had nothing to do with the movie. You know, I couldn't have timed that. There was no, 
I, 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 first of all, I'm not friends with Frankie. I didn't know when the movie was going to come out. I didn't even know there was a movie that was going to come out. You know, and it yeah. just happened that it was synchronicity again. Um, and then after the book came out, Frankie Valley came back to my hometown. And that's in the second book and the events that happened there. And uh, some events, like I said, with my stepfather and other issues. So, so there's controversy quite, surrounding this. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it is. And my, the, the gentleman that I care for, that we once had a very intimate relationship that is now very ill, um, he's very hurt that I did that. But he wasn't a good person. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what to say, you know. It's, you know, you did it. You know, if you did it and you hurt me and you, and it was part of the Frankie Valley scenario and, and, um, it is what it is. And, you know, we all have to take ownership too for our lives, it, not in a bad way, but okay. You know, that I always go like this when I totally mess up. Okay. I'm not going to do that again. Now, how am I going to do this differently next time? That didn't work out. Yeah. You, so um, instead of beating, no, go ahead. That's all right. Well, uh, what I was going to say was, so, so we're the best ever you show, right? And so, right. take take all of this for me and the and the and the controversy and the and the and the and the about it, and and explain to us again like how you're taking all of that and turning that into positive for yourself and moving forward and writing a second book and. And you know, okay. turning turning the negative into the positive and the pain into purpose. Right. I think the book was very healing for. I think coming out with anyone's truth. My book is an example of the truth you have lying within each of you, within you and you and you. When you start to dig into your truth. And, and you have to be brave and you have to be a soldier and you have to be willing to find out how did you get to this point. Then be strong enough to own it. Don't let yourself be condemned by it, but own it as, wow, what a miraculous story. Now, what am I going to do with this? I'm going to get healed. I'm going to get better. I'm going to help others, especially as I said before, and I can't say it enough, is that women today have such a powerful place in the world. The world is changing so quickly. The lessons are quickening up. The energies are quickening up. And I think this book for me was a way for me to quicken up. April, you don't have, you know, I don't have another 70, 80 years to get it right. Let's get it right. And the more you get it right, the more you get it right, and the better you feel. And the more light you I, have, it's like dry. What? It's like driving nope. in the dark. You can't yeah. see, right? But as the sun starts coming up, you can see clearly. And by the time the sun's up at nine in the morning, you're driving around perfect. And so it, it takes, and it's well worth it because you're lighter, you're healthier. I mean, they're linking now disease to all mental health issues you want to be strong you want to have a long life if god intends that to be and you want to do your work on the planet and you can't do that if you don't know where you've been where you're going and that you are worthy 
of all of this wonderful love. I, you can you, you have a choice. You can be go ahead. You can become nope, bitter. What? We all have a choice. We can let these instances make us bitter, or we can become better human beings. When you're bitter, you're sick, you're angry, you drive people away from you, you're, you become um, non-productive, no one wants to be near you, you repel everything, and most importantly, you repel yourself. Self, yeah. And, and, and you don't like yourself. And if you don't like so you, why me, would anyone else like you? <laughs> yeah. So let me let me ask you this. This is a, a common, um, I think anyway, maybe like a common process people go through. Um, in the process of your truth, you know, maybe sometimes you do upset other people, and then fear kicks in and anxiety kicks in and everything. And it's and it. Do you feel like that is disruptive to the healing? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's like the, you know, I I didn't even touch upon this and I won't today much, but it's like the ego or the sin or the, you know, I think the Kabbalah says the ego is the the sultan, the sainton of our lives. The ego saying, April, no one else is going to love you. April, they don't want to hear this. April, don't even call this radio show. You don't have anything good to say. This are the things that you hear internally and also externally that makes life difficulty. You know, I mean, it makes life difficult and a challenge to say, you know what? We don't really know that much about the ego. Some people call it that little negative devil on your shoulder, or some people call it the devil. Some people call it your own self projections, whatever it is. It's alive in all of us. And we have to fight that urge. And I use, I, I have several techniques that I use when people are negative to me. First of all, I think they don't know any better. Second of all, I think I don't know what they've gone through today to make them feel this way. Thirdly, I think they're just shut down. They hate themselves. I mean, why would I expect them to be good to me? They are, they are in self-loathing. And then I have to decide, do I want to stay in, in contact with that person or do I need to pull back? And sometimes I've left the relationship. Not in a mean way, but it just, it, it's bringing me down. Well, I, th- I think the way that you can tell that you're good at what, what you do, and I, personally to me, like this is my take on this, there, one of the ways that I think that I can, I know that you're, good at helping people heal and being a good counselor and a teacher and so forth is because you really don't need this book. No. And you really, I, really I, to... I would have had you on the show regardless of whether you had written this book or not. Um, and this I don't think you meant need nothing it, to me. To be quite no, frank. And I don't... Um, go ahead. I don't know if that, I don't, I'm uh, not, this, this I don't mean to me. Like, I'm not, I'm trying no, not, this... I don't mean that in a hurtful way either. I mean, I really no, this think book that... to me was only a stepping stone, just the way everything's a stepping stone. Great book. At one, yeah. and one time I had a radio show. I was a social worker on the radio, and it lasted for two years, and, it, and then it, you know, Cumulus um, cut me because I was making too much money, and there was a changeover in program, blah, 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 all that. And I, I, now when I'm on the radio, I'm very comfortable in the venue. But, you know, everything leads to the next thing. So to me, this was just learning how to write, learning how to be a blog writer, 
And I don't know where the, I'm like you, and I love talking to you before we went on the air. I don't know where this is leading. I just get up every morning thinking, what does my heart tell me to do today? Blog? Okay, right, okay. Uh, you know, what, what, what's your deal? What's your passion? Find your passion and do it, and it will work out. And that's why yes, I, look, and you know, I, people, and I have a, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Uh, well, as you're saying that, like, what's your passion and, and people and all that stuff, I was just going to add that, one, you know, one of my, I love your little sayings, and I'm going to add one, is that I just mm-hmm. always believe in leaving people better than when you met them. I, I love that. Um, yeah. When you encounter someone, um, both of you leaving as better people and oh. learning from each other and so not forth. Not every, you know, not a, nothing is, is, is permanent. Every relationship we have will end one way or another. I will die. You will die. They will move. They will. I really make it a conscious, and this is one thing is one of my strengths is I make it a conscious effort that when I'm with you to make sure you feel like you're the most important person in my space and that I love you and that I love you just the way you are. And I want, there's people, I, I, my life is changing very quickly, and there's people I realize I'll never see again, but I know when they hear something about me or, or I pass or whatever happens to me, they'll go, I loved her. She's funny. She's cute. She loved me. And, and so that's one of my purposes in life is to leave each person I meet a little better than when I found them. Better. Yep, exactly. Just, just. A little bit better, a little bit happier, a little bit more peaceful, you know. And, yeah, and I also believe that. Just laugh. But everybody, we can laugh. Yeah, and I believe like, just about everybody you encounter teaches you something as well, whether it's about oh yourself gosh. or about them, them or whatever. When I do a keynote presentation, I do all this research. I get so much healing before I ever go on stage. And then I'm so excited to, you know, share what my new, you know, my new, like, aha moment is that I'm getting the blessing. I'm blessed by just having someone invite me because then I do more research and then I think about it and I integrate it and I pray about it and I talk about it. And then I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is great. This is what I need to share today. And it changes. But, you know, we can't get stuck we're always moving. Life is either going forwards or backwards, but it's not sitting still. So let's leave the garbage behind, look at it, heal from it, be blessed by it, and say, I learned, when I say be blessed, I learned about this, and now I'm going to go forward and use it for the best possible service I can to myself and everyone around me. All right. Well, we're going to leave on that note because I've kept you okay, an hour and thank 15 you. minutes. Okay, let me wait. Okay, let me just give you my blessing. Everyone, please, I'm here for you. I love you. I praise you. I appreciate you. You are God's child. Great things happen to you. Nothing can stop it. And so it is. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for being with us. And okay. best wishes to you. And um, you're, uh, everybody I hope listening to see you again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we and will. let's talk um, again. Our is okay. April. AprilKirkwood.com. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Have a great day. Bye, April. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Best Ever You Network. For more information, just visit us at besteveryou.com.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.